bomb. To hope is suited. The show that combines your two favorite things. Weed and basketball. Hackable and grab a seat as Evan rambles on about this team he's loved for the past 40 plus years. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore. And yeah, it's been an interesting week since I talked to you last time. And this is this is episode number 18 of mine. And I woke up this morning and realized this is episode 18 on the anniversary of Kobe's death. And that made me a little sad, you know, because we're all, this is mission 18. We're trying to get, get chip number 18 and just, just the, you know, I, I didn't plan this at all. Like, you know, like I, sometimes I record my show on Fridays. Sometimes I do it on Saturdays. I've even done it on Sundays once or twice, I think. Um, But, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't all plan this. I like it just, it just dawned on me this morning, you know, when I was thinking about it. And yeah, it just, just made me a little sad. Just number 18. Oh, anyway. Moving on. It is great to see you guys this week. Um, even though it's been a another up and down week. Another up and down week. There was some some good with some bad, but this week I have cleaned my bong. Look. Nice, fresh, clean bong. Yeah, so I've done my due diligence this week, you know, and, um, you know, since, yeah, I think things have been getting rough. I even talked about how I may need to get some hash or some concentrates this week. Um, so this week, what I've done, I've, I've got a little bit of um, caviar, what they call on, on what they term this concentrate on top of this on top of my bowl here it's just here i can put it up to the camera a little bit there and so what i've done is you know i have a regular bowl here of the weed and the weed i'm smoking this week is called soap i, I kind of thought that was appropriate because we, we need to do some cleaning around here and then the concentrate i have is blue og and that's a concentrate that um, is in the range of 74 to 84% THC. And to give you guys a kind of comparison, you know, the, the average, you know, THC level that I'm smoking when you, when you see me here with this is usually about like 20 to 30%. So yeah, we're, we're cranking it up a notch here and, you know, just you know, for, for all you, you amateurs out there, um, you know, like, don't try this at home. Like if you're not, 
if you're not ready for concentrates, don't just dive into them because this is this is as high as you can get. <laughs> so we're not messing around here this week because it, it's been a rough week. And so, so you know, concentrates are a little different. You know, normally you see me, you know, you've got my little regular Bic lighter usually most of the time. But for the concentrates, just because, you know, they, they need to burn a little bit hotter. So I've got a little butane lighter for that. You know, now, you know, there, there are different ways to do this. I've also got a little dab rig. You can do just the concentrate by itself. And, you know, I'll, I'll do that at some point. But, like, this is this is a way that I've always liked to do concentrates because it's just, it's a traditional way. Like, hash was something that would we'd rarely find when I was younger. But, like, when we did, this is how we'd do it, is we would just do it like a little bowl topper like this. And, you know, it just, it adds both to, like, the flavor as well as get you really, really high. So, anyway, let's... Let's start a little bit of music before I get going here, and let's get high. a nice way to start this so you know just just bear with me you know get a little bit higher this way so you know i may meander a little bit i'll do my best to stay on target you know so just just bear with me you know we, we had to crank it up a notch for this week because this is this has been rough you know we're we're still 500 we have not broken 500 here in the year of kobe 26 days into the year of Kobe, and we are 23 and 23. But, you know, there is there is some numerical significance I do kind of like about that. Now, you know, this is this is where I'll probably lose a lot of folks. You know, I, I get a little sentimental and even a little mystical sometimes. But, you know, it's it, it is who I am, you know, so I'm just going to I'm going to lean into it a little bit here today. Uh, you know, 23 and 23. You know, there's two goats that have the number 23. And we get that next win, we're 24 and 23. And then that's that represents three goats. So, you know, it's it's a little silly, you know, to a lot of people, maybe not being a little thing, you know, but like these these little moments, you know, like especially when you're having a bad season. Like, you know, this is, I like these things. And, you know, 
you'll hear me talk on my timeline occasionally about the basketball gods and you know it's it's not so much that like you know i believe you know in like mystical things it's that this game means that much to me that i you know that that's why i i, I kind of believe in the basketball gods so if, if if you're following me there now you know that may not make a sense to, to a lot of you a lot of you may be going like oh this is this guy's full of shit whatever but you know ha i am who i am i'm just just trying to let you guys in on on a little bit of me there so you know so it just a little you know a little side thing that i get get a kick kick out of is just that you know 23 and 23 and the chance of being 24 and 23 and hopefully not 23 and 24 because i feel like that's a bad omen if we put if we put kobe in the loss column kobe needs to be in the win column okay so we we need to win against the warriors tomorrow so anyway enough of my silly mystical shit i'll, I'll move on you, you can all laugh at me and have fun at that but you know that's just I, I like to have fun with this game and you know if, if you can't have fun with it and if you can't have find those little moments you know may, maybe this sport isn't for you maybe if it just makes you angry all the time you know yeah that's fine like you know you don't need to watch every game you know I, see I, I love watching every game because you know just little moments like D'Lo blocked Harden in that Clippers game and that that to me is like one of the best moments of the damn season. That that was freaking awesome. So anyway, um, you know, on to my recap here. I think I've rambled on here enough now, but on to my recap of the past week. There's been three games since the last time I talked to you guys, and you know, we had a win, a loss, and a win. Um, you know, had a a nice win over the Blazers. You know, but. You know, it was one of those wins of, oh, it's just the Blazers, you know, but looked really, really good, really sharp in that game. Um, you know, that was that was nice to see, you know, and it's just it's also one of these frustrating things with this team that like we see these flashes like this of like, you know, we we know you can do it, damn it. Like, why can't you do it consistently? So it, it is frustrating, but it's, you know, nice to start off this past week here with a win. And then we had, you know, next game, you know, and that was a 134 to 110 win over the Blazers. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention the score on that one. And then after that, we we had a loss to the Clippers, um, 116 to 127. And that was, you know, that was not necessarily a tough loss in my mind. Now, Sure, it sucks losing to the Clippers, but like we were up two nothing on, on them for the season. Like you know, I I kind of felt like they were due for this game. I felt like this game was going to be hard to get anyway. So I I went into this game kind of with low expectations. So that that may be one of the reasons why I didn't take the loss that hard. And the other reason I didn't take the loss that hard is I felt like they 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 played pretty hard in that game. They they made really good effort and they had a shot in that game it just just came up a little short um you know and then we had really a breakout um thing and something that 
all of us fans have been clamoring for for quite a while and well not completely well i should back that up a little bit first of all what we've been clamoring for is vando in the starting lineup um and we got justification for that clamoring i should i should say here with the bulls game because he played phenomenally he had 17 points i mean the best offensive game he's had for us just incredible and he was amazing on defense and you know he's he's become this energy guy off the bench and like you know i do understand you know why ham wants him off the bench but because of that you know because like last year ar what was our energy guy off the bench but now it's vando off the bench so i i get that but we need vando in that starting lineup because vando makes up for so many you know deficiencies with our guards he can cover so much ground defensively and still get his job done that it's i mean it's it's a luxury that few teams have and to have him fully healthy finally it's yeah i uh, very optimistic and that was great to see like vando was amazing in that game and you know so was ruby and austin was pretty great in that game too like so so our role players really stepped up now we do still have a little bit of a discipline problem with this team you know because they kind of let go of the the rope there in the fourth quarter and you know let the bulls back into it the final score is 141 to 132 but we were to start the third quarter, we were up by, I believe, like, you know, almost 30 points. I think it was like 29-point lead to start the third quarter. So, like, I was, you know, like ecstatic at that point and then got a little nervous in the fourth quarter. So there, there's still, like, a discipline problem about, like, you know, keep your foot on their neck kind of thing. You know, you got to have that killer instinct. And, you know, there's, there's still some issues with the team that I do blame on the players that so you know that that needs to you know as as good as things have gotten you know since the talkings to and you know like ham has gotten better but like you know he's still an issue he's he's still very much an issue you know so you know it's been an up and down week but you know like small trend in the right direction at this point you know, so like, you know, I don't want to like, I don't, I don't think we can get anybody's hope hopes up too high at this point, but you know, at least the one good thing is, you know, even here without a trade, at least we're still hovering, you know, right about 500. So, and we're only four games back from fifth place at this point. So it's not complete doom and gloom, but yeah, this is this sucks because we we had much much higher expectations for sure. So, anyway, let me let me take a hit before this next subject because we got to talk about Darwin, and yeah, I I need another hit before we take talk about Darwin. So just just pause with me for a second here.
Ah, okay. Now, we're still stuck with this guy. And what happens this week? But we got teased. We got teased. Two coaches got fired this week. Adrian Griffin from the Bucks and Wes Unseld Jr. from the Wizards. Both were fired this week. And I just got to ask. I just got to ask the basketball gods. When is it going to be our turn? When? When is it going to be our turn? <laughs> just please, please, just give us this one blessing. Please, fire him. You know, we, we've seen what you've done for the Bucks. You know, and I, I'm happy that the Bucks were able to, you know, perform a successful coup because <laughs> that's what it looked like. In fact, like after the game, after Adrian Griffin got fired, they were dancing on the court, looking around, and it—it it, to me, it had like a Lord of the Flies kind of vibe, like, <laughs> like where's the conch shell? <laughs> oh, so like it, it was, it was pretty dang funny. Like they were, they were, they were in quite a good mood to be rid of their coach that that night after. <laughs> So I don't know, I don't know what Adrian Griffin did, but man, they seem to be happy to be rid of him. So that, that, that was kind of funny. And, and then the thing with Wes, Wes Unseld Jr. That's very intriguing to me is the Wizards have been a very good trade partner with us recently. And we are not necessarily in the need of trading players so much as we are in the need of trading a coach. They need a coach right now. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe Darvin Ham for just, you know, maybe a second round pick, um, you know, come on, could let like Rob, can we, can we call up the wizards and see if we can work that out? You know, like, come on, they, they've got an opening. They've got an opening. Please. <laughs> so, yeah. Getting teased. Getting teased by the basketball gods this week. You know, Darvin's still here. Still protected. That four-year contract. Looks like the earliest he may get canned is the end of the season. Ah, and just teased. Just teased right there. But, you know, Vegas odds say that Darwin is the number one number one odds to get canned at this point. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm begging you, Rob, please call up the wizards. Call up the wizards. Let's make this trade. You know, we can probably also make a marginal trade, you know, player wise, maybe somewhere, you know, maybe try and get Kuzma back. You know, that hey, you know. Let's see what we can do, Rob. Come on. Let's let's make a deal. You know, like I don't know if the Hawks deal is going to go through at this point. So anyway. <laughs> uh the coaching madness that we have to deal with at this point. 
Fire ham. But anyway, on to my next topic here. Next topic I want to talk about here is that Vando absolutely needs to start. We cannot keep playing Torian Prince next to Austin Reeves and D'Lo. That makes for three defensive liabilities. And, you know, two of the, only two of them are getting blamed at this point. You know, Austin and D'Lo are getting blamed all the time. Hardly anybody says anything about Torian. There are a few, you know, like myself and a few others that talk about Torian, but like, you know, for the most part, it's Austin and D'Lo who take most of the heat. And, you know, at this point, like when I see Vando on the floor with Austin and D'Lo, it's it's a whole different game. And, you know, like he can cover up for their deficiencies, you know, because he can cover so much ground. So, like, at this point, Torian Prince needs to be traded because he's so favored by Ham that it's it's getting out of control like it was bad enough last year with dennis but this this feels worse this year with with torian and we just had a video come out after this last game in a press conference where ham slips up and he calls torian tory and like man like it, he's he's treating this guy like he's his son this is like I don't know if you've ever been on a team where the coach's son is on the team, but man, I got some stories for you. I got some stories for you about horror stories about being on a team with the coach's son. Oh my God. And that that's, that's what I feel like is going on right now. Like th this stuff with Torian Prince, he's getting so favored. And it's it's no knock on Torian Prince. Like I like Torian as as a player. Like he's been playing good. His shooting is absolutely necessary for us. But he's someone in this lineup with this roster construction. He's someone who should be coming off the bench and maybe getting 20, 25 minutes a night, not 30 to 35 minutes a night and starting. And start and also not starting next to these two guards. Like if we had two, you know, dynamic defensive guards, oh, it'd be awesome. It'd be great. He'd be perfect fit. But it's that's not the case. And and Darwin just doesn't seem to see this. He's just blind to it, like just like he was last year with Dennis. And it was no knock to Dennis because Dennis was an important part of this team. Like everybody talks about how we miss Dennis. And you know, I I don't disagree with them. You know, my my biggest knock with Dennis last year was that he was just being overused by him. And that's the same thing here with Torian. Just like being overused and misused. And until that gets fixed, I don't know. And I don't know if the front office can step in to, to fix this. You know, it, it's just, it's madness at this point. I, I don't know how how we fix that because that that to me is like right now that's the big like you know fly in the ointment the big 
you know, monkey wrench and everything. Like, we can't move forward until we properly slot Dorian Prince. And Ham needs to figure out how to do that. Like, this isn't rocket science. Like, we can all see this. Like, majority of us fans, especially those of us who played and those of us who have any kind of a sense of the game, like, it's just a matter of balance with, with any lineup. And, you know, because there's no perfect lineup. So you you can't have, you know, unless you've got some super team, you know, you can't have everything covered. So you, you have things and players that mitigate your weaknesses in certain places so that you just, you make a, a, a more solid form altogether. And right now we've, we've got all these, these holes you can poke in us, you know, especially defensively, you know, we can't cover the perimeter with those three, those three need to be broken up. So like, I, I feel like, you know, we almost need to trade Torian Prince just to, you know, protect Ham from himself, you know, and, you know, we were saying this last year too, the same kind of thing. We need to trade, um, trade people to, you know, save Ham from himself. And it's the same, same thing. Like, and, but I worry about like, what happens when we trade him? Does he just, just then transfer this to Cam Reddish, you know, and does Cam, get all these unnecessary minutes and kind of mess up the rotations. But, you know, cause cam is also an important part of this team, but he has to be utilized correctly. You know, like the pieces have to fit together. This is, this is a puzzle. And right now, like the pieces are not fitting together, you know? So that needs, that needs to be fixed. And I think Fando is the, best way to fix this vando needs to be starting you know and we got this confirmation that he needs to be starting in that bulls game because when that starting lineup got in in the second quarter they just killed it they absolutely killed it and how like this is what's so frustrating to me about darwin is like you know I don't go back and watch every game, but like I go back occasionally and watch games, you know, because I, you know, I, I love this game and I'm just curious. And like, how do you not see these things like rewatching games and, and film and like, look at that and be like, Oh, this lineup really works. We should lean on this lineup more or even better. We should put this lineup as the starting lineup so that we can just naturally lean on it more. So it's, it's, it's frustrating. Like Darwin, get your shit together. You know, we like you. We really like you Darwin, but God damn it. Like, you know, you're a good person, but you're fucking up as a coach. You're fucking up as a coach. Like get it together, please. Anyway. I think before I go on here, the next one, let's, let's take a little, take a little musical break here again. And I'll take a few hits and 
we'll come back a little bit calmer. I think that was that was enough ranting about Darwin. And it's it's a good time, kind of kind of a little halftime break here. So I'll be back in a minute. Uh, if I play the right, see, freaking stoners can't trust stoners. <laughs> Let's try this again. Much better. You know, minor technical difficulties. And yeah, for some reason, you know, like that that interlude of mine, that my own little music, it, it's doubled up. And it just, so I've just been letting it play. What the fuck? Who cares? We do things a little informal around here. So anyway, on to the next topic. And will they trade or won't they trade? Now, I, I'm sure you've all seen all the reports. It's like, it's, there's the, you know, the range of things that will happen. Either we stand pat, we make a marginal trade, or we go all in. And, you know, I, I'm sure that's frustrating to a lot of people because it's, you're like, well, what is it? Which just pick one or the other, you know? And, I'm going to try and explain to you why they're dancing between the three. Now, like I, I understand like, you know, a lot of you are probably not going to like a lot of these explanations, but I'm going to do my best to kind of, you know, at least my perspective of, you know, the game and, you know, and as also like how things have changed here with the new CBA and why, you know, why it's like this. I, 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 
you know, things things have changed so much here with the new CBA that like they just have to kind of like dance around things a little bit more delicately, I think is the best way to put it. So, you know, and the Lakers are in a situation where they want to build for the future because LeBron, you know, he is 39. So they have built this team right now with the intention of a two-year window here with LeBron. So they're trying to hopefully get a chip this year or next year with LeBron. But they want to do this in a way that doesn't strip so many assets that when LeBron leaves after these two years, which is kind of what we're expecting, is because after those two years, you know, Bronny is probably going to get, you know, picked by another team. And that's, you know, where LeBron is probably going to go to play play out his final year. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's, you know, I have no issue with that, um, you know. And so, but that's, but that seems like, you know, kind of like what the tentative plan by the organization is, you know, and even by Braun, you know, whether or not anybody has come out and said it, that's kind of the writing on the wall that, we all seem to see here, you know, at least, at least I seem to see, I, I should say. So that's why they're, you know, they're kind of dancing around on this and trying to kind of, it's, it's a, it's a tightrope, tightrope act at this point, because we do have an, a, an issue here with D'Lo, you know, that expiring contract is an issue. Now, you know, it's really easy to say, you know, an expiring contract is an expiring contract and we just need to trade him, ship him out. But it's not that simple with D'Lo. It's a lot more complicated. You know, I think there are parts of him that want to stay here, but, you know, there's a very good argument to be said that maybe he doesn't want to stay here as long as Ham is here too. But, maybe things have also started to work out with him because he has played phenomenally here in these past two games. He's had like a seven, seven straight games now of playing really, really good. And, you know, it's since, you know, sitting down and talking with the coach and he even has talked about how he's personally sat down with Darwin, which I think is great because I feel like he finally understands his role. He's being more aggressive he's not completely deferring to LeBron and AD. So it also, it puts the team in a bind. Like, you know, we, we signed this contract with this intention of trading him, but he's playing really good right now. And he's showing that he is essentially the, the perfect fit for, for the system that we're trying to run. So, Yes, it's a it's we're we're in a tough spot. We're in a tough spot because we don't know if if we trade D'Lo, you know, we can get off the contract, but we don't know necessarily if we keep him that we'll be able to resign him because he's going to have a whole lot of leverage if he plays really good. 
you know, because think about this. Like, he, he has a really good season. And, you know, say we win the chip, then he's going to want, you know, to renegotiate that that contract. Like, um, so, yeah. But, you know, but also from that, that standpoint, you know, maybe maybe it's a good thing maybe we renegotiate that contract and we go forward and you know we can we can get another chip with braun and then we move forward with him and him and ad but you know it all of this all of this comes with risk you know there is no there is no easy thing because and there is also a lot to be said for the DeJounte trade. Like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, lie. I, I've i been one of the ones who said, well, I feel that the DeJounte trade is a little bit of a lateral move, but there are, like, there are plus sides. And, you know, I'm going to do my best to kind of explain it here. Like, DeJounte, the big difference between DeJounte and D'Lo is that DeJounte is so much better athletically so because of that he is better defensively because he can cover more ground and so theoretically you know him in this starting lineup you know you put him in delo and then or i'm sorry him in austin in the starting lineup and he can cover up for so much of Austin's deficiencies. And maybe you can, you know, leave Torian Prince in there. And we've also got that offense. So, you know, that is also something to be, you know, said for the Murray trade. You know, he's not as good of a shooter as D'Lo, as far as a three-point shooter. But he is a better shot creator and like i said a better athletically so you know there are those things but but for me it's still kind of a lateral move because you know you get a little bit better but it's not it's not significantly better and i don't know if it's enough to be you know chip better like I don't know if it's necessarily the difference between like you know the D'Lo compared to him I don't think that there's the gap is so large that you know it's obvious that we need to go with DeJounte if that makes sense now you know some people may disagree with that and I, you know I've, I've argued with a number of people who do, do disagree with that in fact and and that's fine um but i i just don't see a large enough gap to you know but but also that being said you know as i as i cut myself off there is um you know the lakers did all pretty much go all in with their offer this latest offer from the reports we've got is that they've given the Hawks, um, you know, a first and a um, a pick swap as well. So that is the equivalent of two firsts. Now it is not obviously it's not 
you know, straight up two firsts. But it's it's really the best offer that the Hawks have gotten and most likely the best offer the Hawks are going to get. Now, the Hawks are going to, like, wait this out as long as possible, you know, towards the, the trade deadline and probably drag this out all the way because they, they want to try and get, you know, as much as they can for that. But I think in the new market, these, you know, they're not, I don't see anybody that's going to give them two picks straight up. So, you know, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And also, you know, this deal, last I heard, this deal is just sitting on the Hawks table. They're not doing anything. And so, you know, and they, they pub, they're the ones who, you know, did all these public reports to ask for leverage and, you know, ask for the two picks. And here we've, we've done it. We've got, we've given our, our best offer basically and put it all our cards on the table. So, you know, whether they take it or not now is the issue. And I think the Lakers at this point are probably going to pivot. And, you know, I don't think Murray happens unless it happens at the last, last second. So we'll see. And, you know, because I think there is, you know, there's a strong argument for, you know, a lot of other teams that are, they're going to jump in for Murray and, you know, maybe somebody that's a little closer that does have the assets will give up the two picks. But, you know, I'm not so sure with this market. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, but if somebody, you know, gives two picks, you know, and they're straight up picks as opposed to, you know, one and a pick swap, you know, that that's obviously better offer than us. And it probably is what beats us. And, you know, it's also what we have to accept. And that's also the other reason why they're balancing this is because, you know, next season in the off season, we'll have, um, you know, potentially three picks and we'll have at least two picks, but, you know, because there's, there's another pick swap that we'll, we'll potentially get, I believe from the Pelicans, but um, so, you know, there is, potential of having really good assets in the offseason to make a move, you know, to really go all in for, you know, one last shot for LeBron at a chip. So, you know, as, as difficult as this season is, like, you know, this ride ain't over, we're still trying. And we're also, you know, this, as frustrating as this front office is, I do give them credit. Because I, I, I feel like they are trying at least to get us back to building a dynasty. You know, that they, they acknowledge, they seem to acknowledge their screw ups in the past few years and they're trying to right the ship. Now, it has obviously, like, this has been a bumpy ride and, you know, we're still in some stormy waters, but like, they're trying. They're trying. And I, I'm not trying to give them, you know, bail because, like, yeah, they, they fucked up a lot, but, you know, I believe that, you know, we're, we're, we're making moves in the right direction at this point. So anyway, yeah, I think that, you know, yeah, that about covers that, <clears throat> but you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're still, you know, only four games out of fifth place, you know, and, you know, 
I still believe in this team a lot. You know, we've seen how well this team can play when they play with effort. You know, now I'm not saying that this roster still isn't flawed. You know, we still, in my opinion, we still need a, you know, viable backup big. You know, we, you know, Jackson Hayes is barely playable. Um, you know, no offense to Jackson. Like, you know, he's he's a good young player that just he just needs to be developed a little bit more. And, you know, he's he's got flashes. He's really got nice flashes of brilliance, but we we you know he, we're he's still a work in progress. So we we need somebody that you know can help us make a playoff push, you know, and help help give AD some rest as well. Like, you know, because it'd be nice if we could lessen his minutes too. So that's, I believe we need that. And, you know, we, we also need, um, you know, another guard. Um, and Kyle Lowry is a potential, you know, buyout candidate. And, you know, I'm, I'm not not opposed to that at all. Like I think, you know, if anything as well, like you know, if we can get Gabe back, um, you know, we don't necessarily need Kyle for on the court stuff. Like, but he, he'd be a nice veteran presence in the locker room because we've got a lot of young guys. Like we got LeBron, and then we got AD, who's you know thirty, and then everybody else is under the age of thirty. So, you know, we got a lot of, there's a, it's a young team, you know, other than LeBron and AD. So it'd be nice to have like just one more kind of, you know, veteran presence in the locker room. So, you know, if Lowry gets bought out, you know, I'd like that idea, you know, bring him in on the minimum and, you know, he could, I, I can, I, I believe he helps this team, you know, not just necessarily from an on the court, perspective but from an off the court perspective you know so yeah i think he he's someone to you know keep an eye on and you know i think we also really could make an a marginal trade like i you know everybody's talking about the d low trade and you know like yeah if we can find a you know a good way to get off his contract and replace him with someone you know, who also, you know, plays with effort and plays with defense, you know, Jalen Suggs is somebody that I've been high on. I don't know if necessarily we could, you know, pry him away from Orlando, you know, and, you know, he only makes about 7 million. So we'd have to get Orlando to, you know, throw something else in there to match, you know, Delo's 18 million, you know, so we need roughly 10, 11 million more, whatever to get that match. Um, but you know possibility i don't know um you know but you know rob is also you know hopefully cooking other stuff up at this point and not you know putting all his eggs in the Dejounte murray basket you know I, I think i have i have faith that that he's he's trying to cook something else up but i also like i want to get torian prince away from ham we just we need to take the toy away and we need to figure out a way to keep him from playing favorites like this you know like 
what the fuck happened to facts over feelings? I mean, because it sure as hell isn't facts over feelings anymore at all. And it's, yeah, it's obviously feelings over facts and favorites over everything. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. So, you know, is what it is, you know, move on. But like, as rough as things are, like, you know, just, just try and remember there's, there's still a whole half of the season to be played. Still a lot of things can happen. And, you know, we turned it around last season, you know, LeBron has a way of turning it up here in the second half of the season as well. Um, you know, AD has been phenomenal and, you know, if he can keep this up, we can, we can be great, you know, but we're not there. Like, I'm not going to bullshit anybody and say like, you know, like, yeah, we're like, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've given up on a lot of expectations for this year, but I, I also still look at this team and, you know, there's potential. It's that, you know, there's still this spoiled teenager that, that can't figure it out, but you know, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll get it. You know, you know, maybe, maybe that's the metaphor we need, like kind of, you know, like a, a young lad on the, on a quest kind of thing. And like, you know, they, they haven't quite figured it out. You know, they, they've met a lot of challenges along the way, but you know, they're about to turn it around. <laughs> Uh, keep our hopes up. Do what we have to. You know. I still love this team. Anyway. On to my final topic here. Um, and this one. Yeah. Like. Take one more. One more little pause for one hit here. Because. You know. I may even tear up a little bit here. Because as I talked about at the beginning of the, the episode, today is the anniversary of Kobe's passing. So, <sighs> deep breath. There's a few things I want to say. I may tear up, but I want to try and like calm myself before I before I do that. Now, I'm sure all of you remember exactly where you were when you got told or you found out about Kobe. You know, for me, it was... It was a day where... I had, you know, my daughter was, um, my daughter is away with her grandparents for the weekend. 
I believe. Um, she wasn't at the house. It was it was just me. And so I was just kind of the whole day I was just kind of checked out, just watching TV, playing video games, just kind of in my own world, not even really paying attention to much of anything. And like I remember my wife coming home and you know, I'm like starting to get dinner ready and she just you know first thing out of her mouth is like did you hear what happened to kobe i'm like what what do you mean what what happened to kobe and i'm like and and she tells me and like i i just oh just floored man like Like how, like it was, it was not real, like just not real. Like, and it, it's also like, you know, so complicated. Cause like, you know, I loved Kobe, but like, I also like had this, you know, anger at him in a lot of ways, like, you know, Oh three, Oh four, you know, like I, I was team Kobe, but Oh three, Oh four like like broke me in a lot of ways and you know it was what what went on in colorado and you know and so like so the messed up thing is like when when kobe died like like i had all these like complicated messed up feelings because like i realized like I hadn't, I hadn't forgiven him for what went on in 0304. And like, you know, that may seem like kind of odd, like, you know, like I didn't know Kobe or anything like that. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to pretend like I did, but it's, you know, just as a person, you, you, you have this like feeling of guilt of like, this realization of you know that that was his sin and his his screw up and why am i trying to hold him accountable for it anyway and it also made me realize what i what i'd done in my silly head to kind of justify my anger. Like, you know, like I, I'd seen, you know, him like doing all these things to kind of like, in my mind, like kind of make amends for this anger, which was great. But like, I, I had kind of put this thing in my head that I was waiting for Gigi to make it to the WNBA so that I could root for GG as a way to kind of forgive Kobe for 0304 in my head. And like, and like, so that got robbed for me too. And like, and then like, I also realized like that, that whole, that whole way of thinking was also freaking selfish. Cause like, why was I holding that grudge against Kobe for, you know, for his sin, 
you know, I, I appreciated him as a basketball player. I also appreciated him as a man. And so it's unfortunate we had to lose him, but it, it made me kind of let go of that. And yeah, you know, I, you know, I love Kobe. I don't, you know, and I'll, I'll defend people that come and talk shit about, you know, what happened in 0304. Cause like, you know, like I said, that that's, that's his sin. And I believe he paid for it as, you know, best to the law allowed you know is the best way to put it and you know whether or not it's justice is obviously debatable um you know but i'm not i'm not here to do that but but anyway i just i just wanted to say though that you know because today's a heavy day and you know kobe meant a lot to a lot of us and yeah, we just miss him. We miss him a whole lot. And that's, you know, uh, 2024. And like, man, we could, we all think about it. And we all wish he could be here to just kind of just, just be a bug in everybody's ear on this team. But, you know, he's not. And we all got to move on. It's tough, you know. So anyway, thanks for let, hearing me ramble about Kobe. Um, you know, I'm getting all emotional. Told you I might cry a little bit. Um, but, you know, this shit means something to me, goddammit. <laughs> Make fun of me if you want to. I don't give a fuck. This shit means something to me. So anyway, moving on. Um, I think that means only one thing. Another edition of Historical Stoner Circle. So, today, I would just like to talk about three dudes, three musicians, in fact, that I would love to have an amazing stoner circle with. And... These are got three three musicians that I absolutely love their music. Lenny Kravitz, Jimi Hendrix, and AC Alone. And I, I feel like I could have incredible, amazing, deep conversations with all three of them. 
So that's my historical stoner circle of this week. Lenny, Jimmy, and AC alone. So someday, somewhere, some universe. <laughs> anyway. Well, that, that, that just about does it. You know, so anyway, I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me ramble again. Thanks for hearing me talk about Kobe and, you know, shed a few tears about it. Um, you know, love you, Lakers Nation. Love you, Lakers fam. You know, you've, you've helped me get through what's been a rough week. Rough week and a rough, rough fall. <laughs> rough winter so far but you know i'm hanging in there i'm hanging in there so thank you everybody and stay zooted the only way for you to survive is to open your heart and will guide if you want to stay in this world the music in life you gotta turn around and spread a little love and get high history of mankind, men have been called out and written up millions of times over, but only one man was written up for, and I quote, making barnyard noises and wouldn't stop. Rest in power, my friend. 
Washiko.